Now, uh, before I get going here tonight, I just want to tell you a couple of things to rejoice over. You know, we got all the blankets sent down there to uh, Sister Annie in Alamo, and, and they've got all those blankets passed out, all the people have got them and all. And we actually had money left over. And so I sent another check down there and told her, you know, just use it, whatever. And I didn't even know this. I, I can't believe all the years I've been down there in Mexico, I didn't know this, but their, their main heating source is coal. And so uh, they go to, into Mexico and they buy coal at the store. It's there in bags and heating coal. So I guess it's still, you know, I guess we got charcoal, <laughs> but they have coal. And they take it, so they're out buying bags of coal, taking it now to all the houses because they've got extra money left over. So they're going to go take all the coal to the houses, and that's what they heat their houses with. And so when she was telling me this, I kind of got to chuckling because, I mean, you know, I don't even know if you can, I guess you can buy coal here. You could up north. You ain't going to buy it around here. You ain't going to buy no coal. You can buy charcoal. You can go barbecue with it, but I don't know about heat your house. And so then I got to thinking about, you know, like Scrooge and the whole, you know, Christmas story thing. And he got a little lump of coal, you know, and so I said, well, praise God, we're giving out lumps of coal. So anyway, uh, so that's going forth. Uh, I don't know if y'all, I don't have it. Maybe we'll have it Sunday. But if you got the email from What Matters Ministry and they had the end of the year video and showing all the kids and all that stuff, really is amazing. So uh, we'll try to get that up for Sunday. And, uh, but anyway, that's cool. So anyway, I want to share something with you tonight. I'm, I'm just really preaching off the cuff because I just got the message changed back there just a second ago. So y'all bear with me as we go through this. But, and, and so I, ha, I don't know what the title is. I don't know what anything is. I'm just going to preach to you just for a minute. Okay. So, so get your Bibles out, Woo! go to second Kings four. Now, I've been preaching this message about the kingdom of God and, and what is the kingdom of God. Jesus went all through the scriptures saying the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom's like, you know, a man that went and got the pearl of great price. And the kingdom's like a man that found a treasury. And the kingdom's like, the kingdom's like. And I've been preaching that for several weeks. And, and uh, the thing that grieves me, okay, this is something and that, that like I get grieved about is because, see, I want everybody to have a revelation, like I'm, like I'm getting a revelation. I want everybody's eyes to be open. I want everybody to understand about the kingdom. But I know that some people are only taking the message in as information. And if you take the messages in as information, well, then the problem is, is you may grow in knowledge in your head, but you don't grow in, in, in the knowledge within your spirit of what the real revelation is. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, um, the love of God, the Bible, for, I mean, we, we, from childhood, people are taught God so loved the world, God so loved the world, God so loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. But then there's people that don't even believe that God loves them. Eventually on down the road, the enemy through problems of life or situations in life or them thinking God forsook them or the devil coming in there and working situations around it, working all these things around Then all of a sudden they're and full of doubt more than they're full of faith. And so then they don't believe. Well, then what happens? Then the love of God doesn't get into their lives. The love of God, the kingdom of God is not functioning in their life because of doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief shuts the door to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God can be, you know, it's just like a, my wife, God bless her, uh, was, was saying how the, that she was doing the same thing with their little cursor on the uh, on the, the iPad and, you know, touching it and was jumping around and we're not doing it. And then after I preached that message, suddenly she said, man, she just reached over to touch it and said, man, it works so good. 
And I'm like, yeah, you got a revelation. See, it's working. You actually had it. You did it. You touched it. You put it into practice. And now you're blessed by it. Well, I want that to happen to everybody. I want us to understand because I really believe we're just one cursor punch touch off from walking in just unbelievable things of the kingdom of God. But we don't know. We don't understand because we don't enter in by faith. Anything that takes place in the scriptures has to be entered in by faith. But we don't enter in by faith. We try to enter in by reason. And when you try to enter into the kingdom of God by reason, you get religion or condemnation. Because when you enter in by reason, then what happens to you is you begin to reason why you're not worthy to enter the kingdom. You don't walk right. You don't talk right. You don't dress right. You don't smell right. You don't whatever right. Hello? And so then religion comes on you, and then you start just doing things. Well, you know, this is the way you're supposed to do it like this. And it's not by faith. It's not something in our hearts. And so I want to share this with you tonight. Maybe it'll help you. Uh, in 2 Kings 4, it's a story where Elisha raises the Shunammite son. So let me just read here a little bit. Now, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, and there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was that as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, oh, look now, this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall, and let's put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand. And whenever he comes, he can turn in here. So it happened one day that there came that he turned into the upper room, and he laid down there. And then he says to the Gehazi servant, now call the Shunammite woman. And when he called her, she stood before him and he said, now say, uh, say now to her, look, you have, you, you've been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? So just, here's this woman, I don't know, they're wealthy or maybe they weren't, I don't know, whatever, but they, they just had a concern. They cared about Elisha. They wanted to seem blessed, right? And so Elisha wants to do something in return to, for her. And so he says, what do you want me to do? And she answered, and she said, I dwell among my people. So he said, what then is there to be done for her? And Gehazi said, actually, she has no son, and her husband's old. So he said, well, call her here. And when she called her, she stood at the doorway. He says, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. But the woman, conce but the woman conceived and bore a son. And when the appointed time to come, which Elijah had told her, and the child grew, and it happened one day that when he went out to his father's to the reapers, he said to his father, my head, my head. So they said to the servant, carry him to his mother. And when they'd taken him, they brought him to his mother, and he sat on his, her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She called to her husband and said, Now please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Well, where are you going to, why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon or the Sabbath. And she said, It's well. And she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slack the pace for me unless I tell you. And so they departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it wasn't when the man of God saw her far off that he said to the servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now and meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered and said, yeah, it's well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the foot or by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away, and the man of God said, mm-mm, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she, she said, did I 
ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready. Take my staff on your hand. Be on your way. And if anyone meets you, do not greet them. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on up ahead and he laid the staff on the face of the child. And there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, they went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child's not awakened. And Elijah came to the house as the child lying dead on the bed. And he went in, he shut the door behind the two of them, he prayed to them, and he went up and he lay on the child, and he put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned and he walked back and forth in the house and again went up, stretched himself out on the child, sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, I call the Shunammite woman. And uh, he said to her, and she came to him, he says, pick up your son, And so she went in and she fell at his feet. Now, pretty wild story, right? But the thing I want you to focus on tonight, because I've been talking about pressing into the kingdom of God and understand the kingdom of God, is this woman didn't really, she didn't ask Elisha for a son, all right? But when she lost her son, rather than falling to pieces or saying, you know, woe is me or was it? When her husband talked to her, she just said, yes, well. She focused her face to go to the man of God to get what she needed to fix the situation, right? And so she just goes along and then Gehazi comes up and says, well, yeah, it's well. So this is what just hit me today. Okay. So she's saying it's well because she's seeing it by faith the way it's going to work out. Not seeing by the eyes of doubt and unbelief in the situation she's in at that moment saying, why is this happening? But she by faith saw the end result. So as long as you're, as long as you're walking with Jesus, you're walking your, your Christian life out and you're only doing it by reason then you're just like the prodigal sons because i say they're prodigal sons the one we always say the prodigal son he went off but the elder brother that was at the house was just as lost as this prodigal son that went off because he wasn't getting anything from the father right so they were both in the sense prodigal sons they were both estranged from the father. They weren't walking in the kingdom of God. They weren't walking in the benefits of the kingdom. They weren't walking in everything God had for them. But even though they were right there in the midst of it. And see, man, I don't want to get to heaven and find out I was this close to walking in the things God had for me. And I just didn't make it because of my doubt and unbelief or because of my reasoning or because of my looking at situations and circumstances and statures and this, that, and the other and saying, oh, well, you know, we're just a small church. Well, you know, what can we do? You know, we're, we're just out here in the middle of nowhere. You know, I mean, what, 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 what are we going to do? Or do we want to affect the world? And I'm saying the point is, is that what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get across here and what I'm just, I'm just all right now tonight. I just like inside of me. It's just stirring, and it's like I can't even get enough words to say it, is that we've got to move out of just the reasoning phase into the faith stage if we're really going to walk in the kingdom of God. 
I was listening to my favorite old preacher, R.W. Schambach, and he was telling a story of, you know, it's a story that, the same kind of a story we've always heard, but that, that, you know, he was in a certain city and he was preaching and there was a building there and he was renting for $100 a night. And they were, you know, people were getting saved, people were getting saved, people were getting saved. And then he decided he wanted to, uh, none of the churches, none of the church people would work with him. And so he didn't want to leave all the fish caught, but nobody to clean them up and help them. So he started a church. He needed started, so he needed a building. And so he noticed that the building was renting the next day that there was a for sale sign out front. So he just went and took the for sale sign up, took it down there. Because he had had this, this, in one of the meetings, that God told him, you know, he was preaching about Joshua and every place his foot treaded poem was his. And so he'd gone, marched around that building and claimed it. And then the next day there was a for sale sign on it. So he just picks the for sale sign up, takes it to the realtor, walks into the realtor's office, sets the for sale sign down and said, why are you trying to sell my building? And the realtor says, what are you talking about? And he said, well, that's my building over on certain, certain, certain call, the address and everything. And the guy said, well, are you crazy? I just put that sign there this morning. And he said, well, that's my building. And he said, so you want to buy it? He said, I can tell you they, that they had an offer for $260,000 for the building, but they, they wouldn't take it. It wasn't enough. And so he says, what, do you want to make an offer? And he says, well, I'll make an offer if that's what you want. He said, my offer is zero. He said, I like to start low. And uh, the guy said, well, that's just ridiculous. He said, I want you to call that, 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 the, the, the people up. Tell them. And he said, I'm not going to call them up. I'm not going to call them at all. And he said, then he just heard the Holy Spirit say on the inside, offer him $70,000 for the building. And so he said, wait a minute. He said, uh, call him and tell him I'll give him $70,000 for the building. And the realtor said, I'm not going to call him up and offer him $70,000 for the building. It's ridiculous. So they already turned down two hundred sixty. dollars So why are they going to take seventy? dollars He said, call him. And so he took $10 out of his pocket and threw it down on the deal and said, there's pay for the phone call and that'll be my down payment. And he said, well, I'll, I'll call him just to get you out of my office. He says, you're crazy. So he calls. He gets a guy. He's talking on the phone. He's standing in front of him. He says, yes, I'm so-and-so realtor. You know from la-la-la-la. You're building da-da-da. And he gets real funny looking. He says, uh, uh, well, yes, sir. He said, well, I have a, a, a preacher here that's, you know, he's, he wants to buy the building for 70000 And then he said, he just went blank. The guy's face turns white. And he says, okay, sir. And so he hangs up the phone. And the guy says, well, the building's yours. And he said, I, I can't believe what happened. He said that it didn't, the phones didn't go through the circuitry. It went to, into the conference office where they were having the conference board meeting for the year. And I was talking to the president of the company that owns the building. And he, he said he knew he'd heard that you were down there. And he said, he just told me, he said, yeah, we need a tax write-off anyway. I'll sell it to him for 70000 and we'll just go ahead and take tax credits. So we made too much money this year, and so it's his. And so then the guy said, well, how much money do you have? And he said, well, don't worry about that. I'll get that. He said, and, and then the money came in and he paid for the building and he got his building. And he started a church and everything went on. But the point being is we had to listen to the Holy Ghost to, to be able to move like that. A lot of times we're reasoning, we're reasoning, we're reasoning, we're reasoning, we're reasoning, we're reasoning and then thinking, okay, well, I'm going to reason all this. And then God, you're going to do this. And we're reasoning and praying and trying to get God to move when the real thing is, is we need to sit down, shut up, hear from what heaven has to say to us. And then when we hear what heaven has to say to us, then you have faith to move because God said it. And if God said it, it ain't going to change. Charismatics have been too crazy because we've been going out grabbing scripture, trying to twist scripture into being what we want it to be and to create our own world. When the truth of the matter is, we need to sit down at the feet of Jesus and hear from him about our lives and what he thinks about us. So there's certain things that you can know. Right. 
like God loves you. Hear what I'm saying tonight. There's certain things you can know what the scripture says. You don't have to necessarily hear from heaven to know the truth is God loves you. You don't have to have a word. You don't have to have a, a sign in the sky. You don't have to have a star appear. You don't have to do that to know that you can read it right here in the word. But will you believe it? Go to Psalms 46, 1. Psalms 46. Psalms 46, 1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. Is he? Is he? I say to everybody out there watching, everybody has gives the sound of my voice. Is he your refuge? And your strength, a very present help in trouble. Huh. A very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. So when there's trouble, is God there so strong in your life, the kingdom of God in your life, to where you know he's your help and you're not troubled? Therefore, we will not fear. Folks, listen to me. Oh, wow. The enemy uses fear so much. The fear of failure. The fear of, you know, just everything in the world. And right now, the world seems like it's just everything is cranked for fear, for fear, for fear. But God so many times in the Bible says, don't fear, I'm with you. Don't fear, I'm with you. But see, why do we get to fear? Why do we get fearful? Because we don't see, we don't see God with us. But the truth of the matter is, if the revelation, like the Shunammite woman, it's well with us because you know the kingdom of God is functioning. You know the kingdom of God is in your life. You know you're in the kingdom. Then what can take you out? You get what he says, even though the earth, even though the earth be removed and although the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling. Listen to what he's saying here. Though the whole earth is shaken and taken out of place, it doesn't make any difference. God's never changing. He's right there stretched out all the time for you. He said, there's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. And I just want to say to this, I'm going to change that a little bit. I'm not changing the word here. I'm just wanting to illuminate into that. There, it says, there's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. But let me say, there is a door into the kingdom that once you're in the kingdom, it's going to make you glad. A holy place of the tabernacle of the most high in the midst of her. In other words, there's this, there's this place. It's real. Listen to me. It's not metaphorically. It's not, it's not just, it's not just, you know, oh, you have to have transcendental meditation until you can ascend into the heights of the. No. There's a real place called the kingdom of God that's on this earth. For each and every one of us to tap into that river, to tap into the things of God, the truth, the realities, not what this world's feeding you. The world wants to feed you doubt and unbelief. The world wants to feed you all kinds of malarkey. But the truth of the matter is, truth of the matter is, God's saying here, no, 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 there's a river. 
The streams make glad. It's all in the kingdom of God. And when you enter into the kingdom of God, when you begin to walk in the kingdom of God, when you begin to wake up in the morning and have confidence that God's with you, when you have confidence that day that the, that the earth gets moved and the earth, mountains are th- flying out into the ocean and everything's going on, but no, 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 God's with me. God's with me. Everything's going to be okay because God's in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. She shall not be moved. Everybody say, I, I will not be moved. Folks, listen to me. When you understand that God's with you and he's got hold of you and you're not going to be moved, God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. And the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Go to Romans 8, 38. Let's get one real familiar. Romans 8, 38. For I'm persuaded. Okay. Think about that. What does that mean? I am persuaded. Is that not what I'm talking about? When that revelation kicks off on you, when, the, when you realize that, that the kingdom of God is real, when you realize that God's love is real, that his grace is real, his mercy is real, his everything is real, everything is there, it's all the king, everything you've ever read about, everything you've ever dreamed about, it's all there, it's already made available for you, it's already laid, and it's already there. I'm persuaded then. That neither, look at what he says, death nor life. See, in other words, the revelations Paul's having here is a revelation that once you're in Christ, once you're in the kingdom, walking in the kingdom, you're in Christ, nothing can touch you. What we call on this earth death is not death because it's really just going into life. So it's really going from this life to that life. So there's really not a death. Neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor anything's going to come down the road that we hadn't known about. I told you all this. I, I think I told you this Sunday. I was amazed. I was, I was listening again to, to Brother Shambach, and he was, he was quoting a preacher from the 50s who was talking about that people were going to have to start believing God for healing because they couldn't afford health insurance. And I thought, What? I thought that was something we were just now walking in. But no, no, it was happening then, you see. And so my point is, is that <laughs> we get confused sometimes that we're thinking about what's coming. Like it's never been as bad as this. Oh, my gosh. But they did, too. Had to walk through the same kind of things. There are things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us. Separate us. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul says, I'm persuaded, I'm convinced, I am fully in. I am not going to change, I'm not going to back out. That nothing in this world, no matter how horrible it seems, no matter what tragedy, no matter what's coming on, can separate me from the love of God. The love of God is always coming towards me. It's always, it's always abounding towards me. It's like, it's like, uh, it's just going to keep flowing and keep going like a river. It's just going and it's going and going and nothing can take me out of it. But see, then reason says, well, God, if, if your love is abundant towards me, then why is this happening? You're missing the point. Jump in the middle of the river and you're not going to see the rocks. Jump in the middle of the love of God. Let him heal your heart. Jump in the middle of the, of, of the love of God. Let him fix your situation and circumstance. Jump right in the middle of it and just start swimming in the river of God and just let God deal with it. I want to tell you something. When I let God do it, 
Man, life's a lot simpler. Can I have a big amen on that one? Because we're all like that. When you're in the middle of it trying to fix it, it's difficult. It's worrisome, it's tired, it's hard, but when, when, when you really have turned loose and you let God have it, and you got out of the way and you're just along for the ride, right? You're just on the inner tube floating down the Frio Holy Ghost River. This letting the water take you where it goes and you're just enjoying life. It's easier. It's not so stressful. But when you're trying to worry, oh, God, what about this? What about that? What about... I need to go do this. Maybe I need to go do that. Or what if it's this? Or what if it's that? Maybe we should. Oh, oh. Look at Psalms 139. Psalms 139, 139.7. 139.7. I don't want to read the whole thing. Take too long. But 139.7. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. You heard this? Did you see that? Did you, who wants to make your bed in hell? I've been in a bed that felt like hell. Hey, remember the yo-yo? Oh, Frankie and Darlene were down there with me in Mexico. Went to that Mexico conference and, and we were down there. It was a, literally a cement bed. Am I not, I'm not lying, right? I'm it was a cement bed with a cement headboard, right? With a mattress thrown on it. It was all cement. It was a cement, literally a cement dresser drawer. I'm not joking. Am I right? It was a cement dresser drawer. And then the bathroom was right there. And there was a cement sink. And then you went in there. Thank God that the toilet wasn't cement. And then, then, but when you took a shower, it, it just went everywhere. It just went, everything got wet. And that's why it was all cement. It was called the yo-yo. That was a bed from hell. Mattress is about that thick on a slab of concrete. But it says, if I make my bed in hell. So here's the word to everybody tonight. I can see this one, man. I feel like, I feel like just throwing down, have Holy Ghost camp meeting right here. Have you made your bed in hell? If you are, throw back the covers, get out, and come on over into the kingdom of God, into the love of God, and get out of your bed of hell. He's there for you because he says he, you can't go from the spirit of God. There's nowhere you can go. Even if you've made your bed in hell, you can't go from the spirit of God. So he's right there. So turn to Jesus right now and get out of your bed of hell. You are, he says, if I take the wings of the morning and I dwell on the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Folks, all I'm saying to you is the kingdom of God's available to all of us. The kingdom of God for us to walk in the things and the blessings of everything you've ever read. But quit reasoning it and enter into it by faith. Quit trying to figure everything out and go with the flow of the kingdom of God. Go with the flow of what the word of God tells us. Start believing and confessing every day that Jesus loves you, that there's nowhere you can go from the presence of God. There's nowhere God's going to leave you. God's not going to leave you or forsake you. Stop confessing the wrong things. Quit saying out of your mouth that God doesn't care about you, God doesn't love me, or woe is me, or this or that. Quit saying that out of your mouth because that's taking you farther from the kingdom of God. But listen to me, it's not taking you farther from the love of God because the love of God's always abounding towards you. You just hadn't turned and taken it. You just chose to live in a bed of hell, and I don't know why. I don't know about y'all, I don't like beds in hell. 
The older I get, the more particular I am about beds and pillows. Can I have an amen? amen? So why do you want to make your bed in hell? None of us do. I don't believe it. And so now it's time to rise up and say, no, I want to enter into the kingdom of God. I want to walk in the things of the kingdom of God. I want to be the prodigal son. I want to be the Luke 15 prodigal son that when he came home, it says in verse 20, his father saw him a great way off. He was already looking. And I'm telling you, God's looking for you. God's looking for you just to come on turn. And so I challenge you. I challenge you. You know, this morning something happened, and I told my wife, I said, this is a sign, and it's so crazy, because we're, I'm sitting there having my time, reading my Bible. I read my Bible because uh, I'm drinking coffee, and so I want, I want my hands free. So I have a little, what does it call it, a book easel? Is that what it is? Do you sit, rest your Bible on, you know? So it's sitting in front of me, and I'm drinking coffee, reading my Bible. And this fly a fly. Beelzebub himself. <laughs> Big, giant, nasty, ugly, black fly. Not a, not a yellow jacket, not a, a stinking old fly. Comes and buzzes her first and says, oh, what's that? And flew and then it buzzed over me and it lit right on my Bible. And I'm sitting there drinking coffee and looking at that. Now, the day before I had just read in Ecclesiastes where it says dead flies and the ointment causes it to stink. And so I'm looking at that fly and he's just sitting there. He's not moving. He's just stuck on my Bible. And I said, Lord, I think this is a sign. I said, I think this is the devil right there trying to come in here and steal the word from me. And I said, devil, I'll tell you what, watch what happens. And I told my wife, I said, I just kept watching him. He said, get me something. And so she brings me the fly swatter, and I hold it right here, and I say, no. Swack! She knocked him off on the floor, and then stepped on him. Which brings me to my last scripture. <laughs> Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. So we can choose to live in a bed of hell, or we can choose to rise up by faith, walk in the kingdom of God, put Satan under our feet, tell fear to shut up, tell all those lies to shut up, tell all the worry, the doubt, and unbelief to shut up. Have a great Christmas. Have a great time with our families. Live in the kingdom of God. Walk in the blessings of the kingdom of God and be blessed. Amen. That's our choice. Amen? Amen? So, everybody stand up. Those of you out there watching, if you're driving, don't do this. But everybody just, you know, like take a couple of steps. You know, it's kind of like, like you smushed a fly under your foot, you know. Or maybe put your foot out there and kind of squash him a little bit. Because that's where Satan belongs is underneath your feet, according to Romans 16, 20. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I pray this message convicted you. If you're convicted, that's a good thing. If you're condemned, that's not. That's still the devil talking to you. Conviction means you, you see that you did wrong. You're ready to repent. And get out of your bed of hell. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just declare that we're not living in a bed of hell. Lord, you bought for us upon the cross an ability to walk in the kingdom of God. You paid the price, Jesus, for us to walk in everything of the kingdom of God. But we've got to walk in it by faith. 
So we want to be like Paul and say, we're persuaded this night, Lord God, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're persuaded this night nothing can keep us out of the kingdom of God. We're going to walk in the blessings of the kingdom. We're going to walk with you, Jesus, all the days of our life. We're going to be like Elisha. We're going to hear what you want us to do, Lord God. We're going to be like the Shunammite woman and say, it's well with us. And we're going to walk in the victory. So bless them tonight, Lord God. Bless their tithes, bless their offerings, bless all the things. Keep your hand upon this church and us going in the right direction, Lord. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.